0: Welcome back to the Superintendent Radio Network. I'm Kyle Brown. Dealing with trees on the golf course is usually, at best, an annoyance. At worst, it's a source of disease and stress for otherwise healthy turf. Scott Zanon knows all about that.
1: Scott Zannon.
0: He was the chair of the Scarlet Restoration Committee at the Ohio State University's Scarlet Golf Course when it needed a restoration in 2003. The course was lengthened, and they planted new bentgrass greens, with all this work going on, something else got noticed over and over again.
1: During this process, I think everyone realized that there were too many trees on the golf course, a common occurrence here in the Midwest and other parts of the country, where trees were planted 20, 30, 40 years ago in wrong spots, wrong trees in wrong places. They were just put on golf courses, mm-hmm. not all, but you know, randomly, not knowing what type was being put in really or how large it was going to become.
0: I don't have to tell you how trees can block airflow and rob turf of sunlight during the crucial morning hours. That's stressful for everyone. But Scott has a little different way of looking at things with a background in horticulture.
1: Look, trees grow and grow and grow and, and start impeding that sunlight, then it causes a lot of stress, not only to go, of course, to to sleep at night, but also, obviously, to the turf. Obviously, trees are you know, of, of, of vital importance to golf courses, into its landscape, its look, its feel. Sometimes, not all times, but you know, a lot of times superintendents are stuck on looking down at, at the turf, which is obviously very, very, very important, but you know, trees are also important.
0: On the Scarlet course, the trees were causing trouble around the tee boxes and greens, and eventually they had to come out. The change was drastic. Now, it would be great for most superintendents if it were as easy as coming in and tearing out the trees, but it's usually not. Here's how Scott broke it down. First, they called in the company to do tree-shade analysis using GPS.
1: And they came in and did this tree-shade analysis using GPS and satellites and everything, and it sort of showed each green how much sun the greens were actually getting, and more importantly, some of them weren't getting enough sun. And then it was decided that which trees were going to come out.
0: But they didn't jump straight to removing those trees entirely.
1: Some people don't like to take out trees, which you know I understand, but sometimes you have to. I think the first process is to figure out what trees might be affecting, and then maybe instead of taking it out, go to the step of trying to maybe perhaps limb up the trees to increase some more light in there and, and airflow, and if that doesn't work, obviously go in and you know, remove the tree.
0: And he didn't do it without telling the members about it. Armed with the results of the study, they sent a letter telling members that some of the trees just had to come down. Most of the responses came back positive. Being proactive about notice is the best way to go. Usually.
1: I can tell you from other instances that a lot of trees are taken down during the winter when there aren't people around, and then they just go in and grind the stumps and saw it over, and and by the spring, people come out and play, they don't even notice trees. Trees have been removed, and uh, that is a fact. People are sentimental for certain reasons, but again, most, you know, most of the time, uh, people don't even notice.
0: But most important, if there are going to be trees on the golf course, they need to be the right ones. The thing that makes trees a problem is that they're usually just bystanders. They're in the wrong place at the wrong time.
1: You know, I like to work backwards. Get a list of trees that you like or the Green Committee likes, and then start whittling them down by looking at their mature size. Look at the mature size and we'll work backwards. I mean, is this going to fit when it's a mature size? Is this going to fit in this location? If not, then you need to choose, choose another one. You want to have a nice, diverse planting of many different types of, of tree species. And just in case something goes wrong and, you know, something is, is wiped out, you still have plenty of other trees on the golf course that will survive. If something does happen to a certain species, it's really not missed. You know, it's really a simple process of really working backwards. You're looking for a tree for a specimen, for spring flowering, for fall color, you know, on and on and on. There's different criteria. But the most important thing is putting the right tree in the right spot.
0: Thanks to Scott Zanon for help with today's podcast. If you're looking for the right tree to plant on the course, maybe check out his book, Landscaping with Trees in the Midwest, published by Ohio University Press. You can find it online at Scott's website, desirabletrees.com. You've been listening to the Superintendent Radio Network, the podcast of Golf Course Industry Magazine, a production of GIE Media. I've been your host, Kyle Brown. You can find all of our podcasts on iTunes or the SRN page of golfcourseindustry.com. Talk to us at srn at GIE.net or at GCI Magazine on Twitter. Thanks for listening.